Okay, so here we are again for uh, part two. Thank you for listening. Please leave a rating or a review if you enjoy the show. And that is all. Let's get right into it. All right, the next is most underutilized. I actually find this hard. Um, I don't usually have that much to complain about with uh, Joshi Booking. I came up with two names. Um, the first, I, even then it's a push, it's Tom Nakano. And I say her simply because they go so hot and cold with her. Like, she started the year off really hot had the death match and did absolutely nothing again until late autumn. Um, and I think for someone as over as her, I think that's just a little silly. I think she could be used towards uh, the top of the card a bit more and in more prominent roles and stories. It's almost like, how can I put this? Tom is not 100% focused on the main stardom company. Because she mm. has a lot of side projects and stuff. I wonder if that's the reason why they've never wanted to go like 100% with her. That's a good point. That... Because she's like really everything that they want in a wrestler. She's a really good wrestler. She's popular. She's a good promo. She's a good character that can do a lot of different things. So she could be really silly and she could be really dramatic. Um, yeah. So that might be the reason why. I don't know. Yeah. No, that does make sense because Tam is always doing 9,000 side projects. It, it's it's quite funny, actually. We're talking about most underutilized, and we talk about Tam Nakano because, obviously, she had Stardom's only death match this year, and she also has control over Stardom's only spin-off product. Yes, yes, that's true too. That's true too. Now, that is a dubious honor <laughs> because that show was absolutely awful. Tom doesn't like this show on. <laughs> neither do I. <laughs> I don't know what the point of that show was and there's a re- there's a reason that show wasn't translated. Like, you know, that, that it it to sit through that and translate it would probably be a waste of time. Like that show is confirmation that Tam Nakano might actually be legitimately insane. <laughs> <laughs> because it's like, well, his here's Onita doing a death match from like FMW and also idols and also a giant teddy bear. <laughs> and here and here's Tam beating up these girls. Yeah. Like what are we? What are we trying to do here? It's it, it's like if I think I said at the time, it's like if DDP's wife went crazy and actually started running the Nitro Girls like a boot camp. Yeah, yeah. I I expected Stardom's version of Up Up Girls, and I got some like weird fever dream. <laughs> it's like YMZ is not even quite that crazy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, second up for me, and last for me is sorry sorry i never know how to say her name because there are so many e's in it uh but she is amazing and talented and good at everything and she works for diana who barely runs shows so that sucks i wish sorry was around more yeah yeah i you you go ahead yeah she's someone that i think has the ability of like an upper mid carter for like any of the major yoshi promotions yeah but we never get to actually see her. Yeah. 
Yeah, I've seen her a couple of times most recently. I think she had a match with Mika Iwata that I saw where she was basically doing like the doink, the two doinks mirror spots with her because their gear is identical. <laughs> um, and then I saw her in that six woman tag uh, with the where her and Miyu Yamashita and other people were were facing Joshi Legends. No, it was uh, her, Shida, and uh, Hashimoto. Of course, it was. Yeah, that's right. Um. And yeah, I've I've I like what I've seen. It's just that that's all I've seen. Yeah. So, um, I certainly wouldn't object to seeing her more, but I can't. I'm not in a position to say whether or not she's underutilized or not. So, um, on my part, I was going to say uh, I was a little disappointed that Konami didn't do more this year. I thought she was moving up with being in Queen's Quest, but it's it turned out to kind of just be one rung up. Yeah. So even though even though she's having more, I think she's having better matches, and she's being allowed to have better matches, and she has that really has a really fun tag team with Azumi. Mm. Like apparently everyone in Queen's Quest is going to. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just I'm just waiting for her to get some. I don't know what it is. So now I have to be the bad guy because I'm like mm. the one guy in the world who doesn't think. Konami should be pushed at this point in time. Well, we, uh, yeah, Juan and I will know that because there was a thread on Reddit that sort of blew up, and it was basically uh, like twenty or thirty people yelling at me and Juan. <laughs> <laughs> so like, let me let me explain my position on Konami. I think she's extremely skilled. I don't question her ability to do a main event match. Her. In the ring, I think she's already complete. But yeah. in order to actually become like a proper main eventer, especially in a company by stardom that's so character-driven, she needs to grow as a character. She needs mm. to do more stuff in like the pre-match promos and come up with more gimmicks and stuff. And she has been doing that. Um, like I feel like the last six months of the year, she took like a step forward in that direction. Yeah. Yeah. Um, with the like prince with the mask and you know like the triangle lancer 100% um, catchphrase and stuff like that and she needs to keep going in that direction yeah because i would hate for her to get pushed early before she has like a proper like character um developed and then her push fails and then people turn on her yeah when she clearly has so much potential she could easily lead the company if she yeah. just had more of a presence. Um, people will compare her to Momo Watanabe. And there is no comparison to me. And there is a certain logic to that that I got because Momo wasn't a great talker. But I've been going back and watching a lot of the 2016 back catalog and go back and watch Momo Watanabe versus Mayu Watani from like early in 2016, a match that most people probably forgot about. Mm. Or watch her against Jungle Kiona in the five-star Grand Prix. Or watch her when she did the turn on, on Mayu Watani and joined Queen's Quest. What she lacked on the mic, she actually made up for in presence in the ring. And that's something that Konami doesn't really have yet. Momo does seem, when she's angry, like she will fuck someone up. And Konami never gets angry. Yeah. Konami, uh, 
there's that classic and it's wrong on a lot of levels but it's you know somewhat true to a degree uh classification by people that don't watch japanese wrestling that a lot of japanese wrestlers don't have personality and konami sort of embodies that stereotype where there's just nothing to her she's someone that might fit in better in a different company that is less character driven yeah um, like if you put konami in sendai girls or oz academy yeah she can main event right yeah. now yeah um but she's not in the company she's in stardom and stardom requires a lot of promo time and a lot of character and a lot of wackiness and she doesn't have that yet she can um because actually um kana didn't have that um, yes earlier yes. in her career and that's something that she learned how to how to do over time and that i think that's something that konami will learn and get better at because she has a little bit over the last six months um but she's not there yet she i think she needs like another year of kind of learning how to be a character i can't disagree with any of that really that's well put or how much uh however much time it takes her maybe she gets it overnight but i think another one of your points earlier was accurate that my take on it is there's a lot of wrestlers that sometimes get pushed before they're ready. And I think a lot of Western fans sort of attach, and I got so much shit for this, but it doesn't mean I don't respect her or like her. I do both. However, she gets latched onto with these silly internet memes on Twitter, like Triangle Lancer, Konami All Belts, uh, the Prince posts nonstop, um, and just other things. And people really, really like her, and that's great, but I don't think that means she's ready. And most of that is on social media. It's yeah. not on the actual show. Yes. Yeah. So as good as she is, I don't want her to get a position that she's not ready for. Like, I want to remind people that Stardom used to have a short, like, interview series called, like, Two Minutes With. That yeah. basically got killed off because Konami didn't do a good job with her interview. Yeah. And people didn't like it at the time. Yeah. Um, and they basically, like, stopped doing it, like, right after they published Konami's. And they got, like, a little bit of backlash. Be yeah. Yeah, because, they, because Konami didn't, like, show enough personality and answer the questions in detail. I remember that series. It was fun. <laughs> All right, Tom, we just destroyed your first pick. What about... <laughs> sorry, sorry. Okay, I, I can take a little criticism. <laughs> oh, God. Um, who, who you got yeah. next? Uh, so I'm going to put forward another candidate who's probably dodgy as far as I know, but uh, uh, Rika Saiki. Um, she's, as far as I know, she's a Wrestle 1 contracted person, just like Hannah. But even Wrestle One used Hannah, yeah, like four or five times a year, and they've used Rika Psyche once or twice this year. And whereas Hannah gets to go everywhere and work in in you know Europe and work in Mexico and go all over the place, and for some reason Rika Psyche doesn't get those chances. And I really like her. I like her work. I think she looks absolutely looks like a star. Yeah. I mean, the first time I ever saw her was in the Miyu Yamashita match at Tokyo Joshi Pro, and 
I was more impressed with Rika Saiki, so... Rika? I don't know what it is. Maybe she has outside commitments. She hasn't... She hasn't worked that much this I year. I think I do know what it is, and it is... I think it's her choice. Well, first of all, the Wrestle 1 thing is weird. They use her as a cheerleader, which is really weird. Um, like, why not let her work? She's awesome. Uh, but secondly, she has that band, uh, Ladybeard... And she is incredibly popular on so like if you look at her followers, she has a lot more followers than most Joshi wrestlers, and I think it's all because of that band. So I th- I think she commits a lot of times to band. I could be full of shit, but that's my theory. I think she does a lot. She's kind of known because Reka has a very unique look. She's very um, strong and muscular. Um, I think she has a lot of attention because of that. But people should look up her matches. She's a really good wrestler. She is. Especially for somebody that really doesn't have a lot of matches under her belt. Like, I don't know if she has 100 matches in her resume yet. She hasn't been wrestling that long, and when she does wrestle, she doesn't really do, like, a full-time schedule. Um, she's someone with a lot of untapped potential. I, I agree that she's kind of underutilized. Yeah. I agree. I just think it's beca- I think it's because of the band. I could probably look up and see how often Ladybeard Lady Beard plays yeah. in Japan, but uh, I don't want to consume our entire <laughs> evening with uh, absolute madness. Uh, yeah, looking at her match statistics, it's what, 19, 30, 34, and 2 so far this year. Less, that's less than 100 matches mm. in you know about three years of work. She's incredibly good for that few matches. Well, I, I was going to say... Technically, she lost the world title in the first match of the year. She had a run as a tag team for a bit. And then, obviously, come the end of the year, she got to work with Maker Sazamura. Mm. But because that fell into 2019, I felt justified saying she was underutilized <laughs> in 2018. <laughs> Very technical on my part there. So, um, yeah. But no, I really I really like her Me stuff. Too. And I, I just... The, her potential outside of Tokyo Joshi Pro would be incredible. I just, I kind of want to see more of that. Yeah. So I have a couple of names to mention in this category. Uh, Rin from Marvelous, um, one half of Neutra. I think she's really good. And we gets a, she gets a little bit overshadowed by her tag team partner. Mm-hmm. Um, she's not someone that main events a lot. She doesn't work a lot outside of Marvelous. But she is really good for someone that's only been wrestling like three years, I think. Maybe less. I think 2016, yeah. Yeah. Um, she kind of gets overshadowed by her tag team partner. She gets overshadowed by Mio as well, who debuted like close to her. Mm. Um, but she's someone that I think... If you gave her the ball in like a big singles main event match, she could do really, really well. I I have another highly unpopular opinion. I like Rin Katakura more than Takumi Aroha. So wow. I I totally agree with you on this. She is underutilized. I I think she. I don't think she's a better worker. I'm not saying that. I'm saying I I just enjoy her more. Yeah, there was a tag team match that they did in Marvelous a few months ago that was basically like switching partners. So Rin and I forget which member of W Fix. It may have been Kaoru. 
versus Takumi and another member of WFIX. Mm -hmm. um, that match was really good, and Rin worked heel, and it worked really well. Yeah. I'm, I'm sort of, and I believe Tom is too, sort of hot and cold with Takumi Aroha, but I, I really like Rin. I think she has a big future. Yep. Yeah, uh, Takumi, Takumi feels like the kind of person I'd expect from Marvelous without actually having much idea what to expect from Marvelous, obviously, because I haven't seen much Marvelous. Uh, and I haven't seen Rin yet, so I can't comment. Uh -huh. <laughs> and the other name that I wanted to mention was Natsumi Maki, um, mm -hmm. who spent basically her entire career kind of being the Robin to Saori's Batman. Yes. Um, even though she's not, even though honestly, she's probably a better wrestler than Saori. Yeah. She doesn't have like that big I'm the star of the show quality that Saori has, but she has a lot of charisma. She has a very flashy in-ring style, and she's probably a better worker. That no-hands uh, cartwheel thing she does to start every match is just incredible. I would literally break my neck if I even tried that. Yeah, like I think going to Tokyo Yoshi Pro in 2019, people are going to take notice of her work. Like, who was it? Uh maybe five years ago in WWE that was like John Cena's little buddy. <laughs> was it Zack Ryder? Yeah. yeah. That is what this relationship always makes me think of. The Ano, she's like her little buddy. I do spy one more name on your list. Oh, yes. I forgot. Azumi. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, like I, like I get why she's being underutilized. It's because, yeah. it's because of her age and She's still in school and stuff. She's already really good. She's already better than the majority of the Yoshi scene, in my opinion. I totally agree. Maybe not quite like the elite level. She probably couldn't main event in like Sendai Girls just yet. Um, if you plucked her from stardom and put her in there. Um, but she's probably like the next level down from that. She's athletic. She's charismatic. She can talk. She basically has all the tools already. Once she's out of school, like watch out because I have a feeling that she might end up taking over stardom. I am one hundred percent. I love Azumi, and I think there's a <laughs> Tom knows <laughs> um, how much I love Azumi. But I think two things. One, maybe she could main event because if you remember the Mayu versus Azumi match from the middle of the year. That was really, really good. And also some of the like Starlight Kitazumi one-on-one matches for yes. the future title have also been pretty good. She does... The one thing that she's missing in the ring is consistency um, because she's a hell of an athlete. Yeah. Um, but she just needs to kind of... She's probably similar to like Mayu in 2015 where she, before she was consistently amazing, she's yeah. like amazing like 75% of the time. Yeah, and she, she had that incredible match at the beginning of the year with Kagetsu. And I think, speaking of the Starlight Kid matches, if there was a Joshi promotion that focused more on something like the High Speed Championship, I think she would be able to fit into that. I think she excels at that high pace wrestling. If she's going to be around for like four, five, six, seven years, she's probably going to end up holding probably every belt in stardom. I agree. 
Yep. Uh, the reason I made a, made sure to bring up that you added her to the list is I never want to miss a chance to talk about how good Azumi is. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's just tremendous. There's a reason why you know in. There's a reason why, functionally, she is the leader of Queen's Quest right now. <laughs> she is just like from 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 a much younger age. Like going back and watching some of her initial stuff, she has charisma, and like I, I was I was I was laughing because uh, like the matches that came out just uh, just in the last couple of days, where she was on the side of Queen's Quest facing. Hanan and her sisters. It was the first time that, that, that Azumi had a bunch of opponents who she couldn't call grandma. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Like, Azumi actually has become the grizzled veteran she's always felt like. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Uh, my, my only concern is the fact that she's already uh, she started wearing the full-on uh, Kagetsu-style uh, upper back tape. Yeah. Yeah. Which... Uh, you know, when Paige has to retire because her neck is screwed up because she wrestled so much as a teenager that she got scoliosis. Um, I do worry about that. I do but too. If she can, I, I, I know, but I know that stardom is fairly restrictive in what they let the kids do, as well. So uh, hopefully, she's not going to experience long-term yeah. issues from having wrestled from such a young age. I mean, I, I want to put out there. Juan might be able to. I might be slightly off, but Azumi is so charismatic naturally that she led a stable in stardom when she was twelve years old. A sort of stable because the <laughs> the joke, the punchline of Azumi's army is that Azumi's army only fought itself. <laughs> <laughs> so, like every match, it was basically like a, like Azumi gets pinned. And yeah. then makes up an excuse why she didn't lose. Yeah, by, but uh, she was like twelve years old doing this shit, right? Yeah, basically, like she started it's around. Incredible. Like the crazy thing about Azumi is that she's actually been around longer than a lot of people realize because she passed her protest the same day that Akiyasukawa, um, yeah, and Kairi Hoyo passed. Their test. She's actually yeah. a part of Stardom's second class um, from yeah. 2012. Yeah. Um, she just happened to, because of her age, she was like nine years old at the time. They waited a <laughs> couple of years for her to actually start showing up on TV or on video. So ridiculous. Just Utami's walking around backstage and you know has to stop and introduce herself to a Zumi yeah. who sat there playing, playing dominoes and smoking cigars. <laughs> Hang on, kid. I'll show you the ropes. <laughs> Azumi, Azumi gets people jobbed out when they don't shake her hand. The Harley race <laughs> of stardom. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, okay, so who are we thinking here? Uh, I'm going to let you guys go first, and then I'll just, I'll just copy somebody. I think I would go with Sari, just because she's so unknown. I will go... I'll say... Okay, I'll, I'll say a two-parter, which might be cheating. I don't care. Uh, in terms of talent, it's probably Reika Psyche, but I understand why, or at least I, I've tricked myself into thinking I do uh, because of the other commitments she has. <laughs> <laughs> However, so since I sort of understand why, I'm going to go with Sari also. 
I have no objection with going with Sari overall, especially because it's like two to one already. Uh, <laughs> I'll throw my token vote out for uh, Riga Psyche because I actually have the background and knowledge to little. I have a greater appreciation of her work, but I have no objection with Sari taking it overall. Okay, so that brings us to tag team. Uh, Tom, I think it's your turn to start us off. Um, this is one I was surprised didn't make your lists. Uh, Kagetsu and Hanakamura. That is pure recency bias, and I am yeah. an idiot, and I am with you. <laughs> totally. I was looking yeah. I, I, I was looking at your Kagetsu and Hazuki tag team, and I was like, well, that is a good tag team, and I really liked how Hazuki turned into mini Kagetsu. But we're forgetting someone here. Yeah, I am a complete moron, and I am. you are 100% right. The six months of the year as champions, and what it was it a year long reign basically as tag champions. Yeah, they were by far my favorite act in stardom for a good four months this year at least. Um, the only tag team that came close to surpassing them for me was the Apaches, and if the Apaches had had a six month run, I probably would have given it to them because I just loved the way they worked. Yeah, <laughs> like Fa- Fabio Apache was a revelation for me. Javi is awesome. Um, she's been awesome for like 15 years in Mexico in AAA. Yeah. And she brings something extra out of uh, Mari as well when they team yep. together. But but talking strictly about Kagetsu and Hanakamura, that's just a star tag team of the like of which you so rarely see. And when they were active... I think they might have been the best tag team in wrestling, to be honest. Um, I know a lot of people are going to yell at me and say something like, because that was back when the Usos were really good, and that was back when the Revival was doing a lot of things. Um, I'll just say I don't give a shit. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to go with Kagetsu and Hanakamura, because even if they weren't the best tag team, they were to me. They were by far my favorite thing. They just had a charisma that played off each other, yeah, and a similar chaotic style as well. So, like their tag team performances, when you, when you saw them live, you never knew where people were going to be thrown. Yeah, you know, uh, just a, a recklessness to the whole thing that really mirrored the you know, like Hannah's mother, you know, the, that Oedo Tai spirit. Of just, we don't give a shit. Chaos. We can do. We can do what we like. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, uh, and I think that that run shaped a lot of what brought, uh, shaped directly what brought Kagetsu to the title. It did. And obviously, Hannah's had a very different direction since then. Well, kind of different, but they're just so good. And Hannah is one of my absolute favorite people. That that. Uh, my favorite discoveries in Joshi for a long time uh, in the last, well, I only started watching like about 16 months ago, but uh, to have two people of that quality in a tag team together, holding those belts, having consistently great defenses yeah. and doing great work. I loved it. Yeah. The, the, t- the tag title matches were always incredible. They were, they were a great team. Yeah. It's really the core that Oerotai is kind of built on. Yeah. Um, like they they perfected the formula. I feel like I do too. Though that was the uh, as much as I do love Oedo Tai, still it'll never be as good as it was during the Hanakamura days to me. 
Yeah, I, I'm still. I, I don't know. What, I don't know what my absolute peak of Radio Tie is. I think it's almost exactly at the point when I saw them live. It's got to be Kagetsu, Hanakamura, Chris Wolf, Tom Nakano, and maybe into the Natsu era. Yeah, that two-week period. <laughs> That, yeah, that is a very short amount of time, and that's the amount of time where you don't really get to see what Natsu can do. Yeah, fine. Then, uh, everything pre-Natsu, then, I'll say. <laughs> From when they first started dancing, because that was great, the pre-match dance. Although, actually, there is, like a, there is like a two-month period where like Tom and Hana hated Sumeri. Yeah. Um, and that was really awesome. That's a lot of like good funny comedy in those yeah. matches that people should go back and watch. They're really, really funny. I do wonder how much of that stuff impacts Tam's current dislike of anyone who, anyone else who might compete to be Mayu's friend. Yes. You know, is she, is she, does she have, is she carrying across some of that character from her, uh, from her, you know, time before as a heel, that jealousy. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, Tamiyo Edotai is Hannah Kagetsu, Chris Wolf, and Tom Nakano. And yet, your pick for best tag team reflects something different. Well, because uh, despite saying that, I still love Edotai. It's just not as good as Pico Edotai, but that's like an incredibly high level to me. So even not being Pico Edotai is still really good. So I went with Kagetsu and Hazuki. I thought, well, for one thing, I think Kagetsu, and this is another, I apologize, unpopular opinion. I think Kagetsu is best as a tag worker in terms of in-ring work. Every tag team she's ever had wasn't, I mean, she was a tag team with Kaho Kobayashi, right? And that was really good. And then she was with Hana, and that was really good. And then she was with Hazuki, and that was really good. Like, she's always really good in tag teams. Um, and that's not to take anything away from Hazuki, who made a huge leap this year in terms of everything. Uh, <laughs> everything. Um, but they were just, they were a really good team. No, I loved the reflection of Hazuki. Where she just became mini Kagetsu. Oh, for the, the, the Tag League. Yeah, but I didn't watch... that. Tag League is the only thing that started this year I haven't watched 100% of. So. Same with me. Yeah. Um, no, it's, it's, a, it's a really good pick. Uh, one. Um, let's see, my pick. Um, I picked Neutra um, for Marvelous. Because well, they're really like the only tag team that's like really the cornerstone of a company mm-hmm. um like everything about marvel is kind of revolves around that team in one way shape or another plus they had good matches outside of marvelous as well and like sendai girls i think they had a, a few matches as well that are really really good um with the entrance with the lights the look um the matches i think they are probably the premier tag team in yoshi Maybe of like the past couple of years, uh, they are a team that could give a give Kagetsu and Hana's version of Oerotai kind of a run for their money, in a different way. It's almost like a, almost like a Oerotai would be like the 
Midnight Express and right. Ultra would be like the Rock and Roll Express of Yoshi. Ha, I am totally up for that, and now I want to see those matches. Totally, like they they <laughs> really they are like the babyface, colorful, fun tag team that goes out there yeah. and works circles around like most people. Their their entrance is incredible. Yeah. yeah. All right, direct me to Swords of Matches. I'll have a look. <laughs> you need to get Marvelous, Tom. <laughs> I'm trying to get Wave as well. Well, oh, Marvelous, Marvelous is only $5. Yeah, that's and true. And they don't have a lot of shows. Like Marvelous only does like a show a month, maybe. Um, so it's, it's an easy company to kind of catch up on. So you're saying it's less value for money? It's, <laughs> <laughs> it's about equal. Let's just say that. No, that's fine. Yeah, and my second team that I wanted to mention was Mayu and Saki. Um, I really like their chemistry. Like, I think mm. Saki Kashima is probably the best tag team partner that Mayu has in in Stardom um, currently. Mm -hmm. I like the chemistry that they have in the promos. I like the chemistry that they have in the ring. I personally kind of don't care too much for the team of Arisa and Mayu. Like I don't, mm -hmm. I don't think they quite have as good a chemistry together. Um, Mayu and Tam can be like really fun at times, but I think like the the best tag team that Mayu currently has is Saki Kashima. Um, Saki is, I think, is kind of underrated. I, I like the way she sells. I like the way her charisma, her energy. She's not like consistently a great worker. She's a little rough around the edges sometimes, but she has a lot of charisma. I agree with all of that, and I always say with Saki, my favorite thing is that she's willing to try things. A lot of times, you see a lot of uh, similar sorts of moves, um, and stardom and. We'll just stay with stardom for now. But uh, Saki is willing to do new things, and it might take her four shows to get it. Perfect. But she will eventually get it. Um, I think she's very experimental in the ring, and I, I just really respect that. I like that she just like randomly pulls out like a variation on the figure four lock that nobody else has ever done. <laughs> just, just against, and she only does it against Momo. Yes. Yeah. Well, God, she's the, she's the thorn in Momo's uh, heel or whatever the saying is. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, the thing I said uh, the thing I said about Saki when she first started, I think, still kind of holds true. Is that I, at the time when she came back, I wasn't thoroughly convinced by her, but I liked her one percent more every time I saw her. Yeah. And that still continues, I think, because I I really like her now. I th I, I enjoy her stuff. Yeah. And I think I think you're probably right. The best tag team Mayu has is with Saki. But I mean, what I love about that is that Mayu has built a cult of personality where these three <laughs> girls all want to be her best friend. <laughs> and none of them can be EO. <laughs> yes, none of them can be. EO. <laughs> oh, that's so sad when you say it. <laughs> Oh, need some sort of thunder rock variation for the team name. Oh, well, they tried panda rock. That didn't go so well. The second the times mentioned the words panda rock, she was dead to Mayu. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Tam. Oh my goodness. Uh, all right. So, what's your second place team, Tom? 
I think I was going to say the Apaches, to be honest. Yeah. I, I mean, I have also have, I have Riot, Riot Crown mentioned, but to be honest, whilst I like Riot Crown, the Apaches were just such a personal favorite for yeah, me. Yeah, so. it, it was only a few matches, but they showed so much. I wish I wish Bobby could come over more. I do want to give a shout out. I haven't seen the team work together that often, but I think they might have like the greatest name in Yoshi at the moment, and that is um, Beauty Bear. <laughs> uh, Chihiro and... Mika, I believe. Yeah. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Beauty Bear, that is an incredible name. <laughs> Sadly, I haven't seen them team like at all in 2018, but that name alone deserves a shout out. <laughs> plus that team has immense potential yeah Yeah. and i mean okay uh i'm gonna explain my myself here for the for the my final picks uh so i picked azumi and konami because i think they're great together despite the fact they might not always be successful it's usually more of a showcase for konami and or azumi's bullshit um and i just was really entertained by them. And I also wrote down Neo Bashikigun because I really enjoyed them in TJPW. They were a highlight for the first six months of the year in that company. However, I'm sure we're missing teams here because you got people like Avid Rival, who I've seen have great matches last year. You have people like The Best Friends, who I saw have great matches last year. Um, so I think those two absolutely deserve to have their names said, especially since uh, Avid Rival is done with Misaki Ohada's retirement. Uh, so Rio will have to find a new partner, but they were really good together, and so are the best friends because there's just so much talent in that team. It's almost a bit obscene. I mean, a team of Arisa Nakajima... And Tsukasa Fujimoto, that's that's almost not fair. <laughs> that's a lot of talent in one team. Yeah, two aces. Yes. Oh, oh, um Miracle Peach connection. Oh what was it? Mir- Miracleans. Yes. Yeah. Miracleans were also um, very good. Yeah, that deserves a shout out at least. So, uh what are we all feeling on this one? I am going to go with Kagetsu and Hanakamura. Agreed, because of the title reign, I think. Yep. Okay. Yay, my suggestion won. <laughs> <laughs> I, d- I did a Joshi. You, you did a Joshi. <laughs> <laughs> you want to do a, a fun Joshi thing. Okay. Next category. Next category. <laughs> I'm sorry, I was trying to think of that stupid uh, Solito Del Sol. What was that guy's name? He likes to do fun lucha things. Oh. It was like the worst promo in history. <laughs> <laughs> the fuck is that guy's name? Yeah. Callisto, yeah. Callisto. Yes. Okay, so the next category we're going to have here is most charismatic. And I don't... There's, there's going to be a lot to talk about, but I don't think there's going to be any competition as far as number one. It's it's like number one and then everyone else. Uh, you want to start us on this one, Juan? Yeah, we might as well just rename this award the Makiro Memorial <laughs> <Yeah>. Award. <laughs> yes. In fact, we will do it. 
Uh, like she started the calendar year by feuding with a building, um, <laughs> starting a war with um, Starbucks, and then made us cry against Mako Satsumura. Like, yeah, she is like her superpower is just like pure emotion. She's so charismatic that there there really isn't a lot to say. So it's yeah, like, like... that's like obvious. Yeah, I, I liked. Uh, I mean, we might as well just give funny Maki Ito stories. I, Tom was talking about the Ito Respect Translation account, and they translated one the other day. Uh, Maki likes to do this thing where she lets fans an- ask her questions on Twitter for an hour. And one Japanese man said, Maki, are we friends? And you know how most wrestlers would answer this if they didn't completely avoid it. But Maki's answer was, Yes, we are the kind of friends in the sense that you have to pay to talk to me. <laughs> I just thought that was hilarious. I don't know. I don't know. But it, it's it's absolutely the Maki Ito Award. Yeah, there's there's not a lot of competition in this one. Yeah. It's, well, there is competition. There's plenty of really charismatic people. There in, are in, in, on the scene. It's just that. It's Maki Ito. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She is... I mean, The first time I saw her, she sang a song which was actually good in the middle of the ring, which was great. And then she had a match with Dan Shikadino. Yeah. yeah. Which was... A really good match. Like, it was a really good match. And I'm not even, like... Uh, I'm not a massive... As we, as we, as we talked about, I'm not, like super into man versus woman always but it's they told a really good story and it was purely based on her charisma opposite him and then all these clips throughout the year where you know when she's crying because Mako Zetamura gave her a compliment yeah ah yeah you just even though she's absolutely insane (laughs) it's (laughs) you can't help but love her yeah 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 I have trouble thinking of anyone in wrestling that's as charismatic as Maki Ito. She's just another level. Mm. Like, who's the... WWE is built on charisma, basically. Who's their most charismatic guy right now? Well, that's not a fair question right now. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm not going to compare it to Stone Cold Steve Austin, although... What what are you going to do? Throw up up Seth Rollins? I have have an insane comparison again, but I'm going to try it out there anyway. All right. She reminds me of watching mid-80s Ric Flair cutting promos <laughs> on Saturday night, like, NWA shows, where he would just go out there and say, like, the most non-PG, yeah. insane stuff, because, and he got away with it because he's Ric Flair. Yeah. And she's obviously, like, not the worker that Ric Flair is, but she right. has like every bit of she could say anything, yeah, and, and it will be entertaining. It will be entertaining. It will f- somehow fit her character, and it it will be awesome. Yeah, like I watched her so much. She for a while, uh, and she ended up stopping because it was probably really boring for her. Um, she did this live show every day, or even twice a day sometimes, because she. Did it in the evening, in the morning. Um, it was on some weird app called Bigo, B-I-G-O, which is essentially Periscope, except not. And 
I used to tune into this stupid thing. It was just her watching anime and putting up, putting on her makeup while she got ready to go to work or whatever. And I used to have the stream and stick it up in my car and just have it in my car while I drove to work, just watching Maki Ito <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> That's how entertaining she is. I will watch her watch anime and just talk about absolutely nothing. <laughs> <laughs> well, this, this, I mean, that also says a lot about you. That also says a lot about <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, now that we've established that Makito is winning this, let's talk about some of the other p- potential competitors. Uh, I think we all want to talk about uh, Natsu Sumire. Yeah, she's incredible. Or however you decide to pronounce that. Yeah. Sumire Natsu, Natsu Sune. Uh, when she started the year, she was kind of this outsider figure who'd been brought in and was causing strife in the group. Yeah. And now I can't imagine a way to tie without her. She is just, she's the mischievous heart of that group. She is. Like, the the whole, like, stealing everything from Queen's Quest <laughs> angle has been hilarious. If we did have a feud of the year category, she would have won it for me because her <laughs> shit, her stuff with Azumi was just ridiculously entertaining. Or just stuff like taking taking Mayu out of the building throwing her into the street and then trying to barricade the door of the building so she can't get back in <laughs> and beat the 20 count. Yeah. Not counting on the fact that there's another entrance yeah. into the building. <laughs> she forgot there's another door. <laughs> I just love that stuff. A gag that I really enjoyed from earlier in the year was her being completely frozen scare of Io Shirai. Oh, yes. Because yes. basically she kind of has a history with the Shirai family. Because way back when she was a rookie, um, Mio Shirai used to beat her up. <laughs> <laughs> so she just like is completely and totally ineffective against Io Shirai because she, I guess, has like PTSD from Mio Shirai. <laughs> and that that was another that reminds me of the other great spot from that when uh, she showed Barbasaki the the referee the recently released Io Shirai photo book for a while. <laughs> oh, that was tremendous. Yeah, that was such a funny spot. <laughs> and she like, looks kind of surprised and then turns the turns the page and they both go... <gasps> <laughs> Plus. And then, and then proceeds to beat Io with her own photo book. Yeah. <laughs> Plus, it's worth noting as well that she does a lot of great work outside of stardom. Like, she, not so much in 2018, but in 2017, she was, like, a regular in Marvelous. And she mm. had, like, a crush on Takumi, and that was pretty funny. She also works, like, a lot of tiny shows that don't get reported anywhere. Um, but yes. If you follow her, like, on social media, you just see her, like, wrestling in, like, an outdoor, outdoor show. Um, yeah. That I have no idea, like, what it is. And she does, like, good work in those shows, too. Yeah, I... I see that too i follow her on social media and she'll she'll wrestle in like a bar one weekend or something she wrestles constantly i know that we're all disappointed that she's not going to go to new york oh yes yeah now that that's a big that's a big loss i think i think so too i i don't know they should yeah. send her. especially since martina might be there mm-hmm. yeah 
Oh, that tag team was... Obviously, it didn't win tag team of the year or anything for us, but that tag team was so much fun. <laughs> they were, at least to start the tournament, they were the most entertaining thing in it at first. Which is great, because Natsu had such disdain for Session Moth when she got drafted. Yeah. It was like the shocked look on her face when she realized that this this human alcohol content is joining her stable. And then, you know, a couple of months later, they're getting absolutely hammered together right before every match. Yeah. She was going to show Martina, like, proper Japanese respect. Yes. yes. <laughs> and Martina just got her drunk. <laughs> Oh my god, that's tremendous. Yeah. Uh, who else do we have in this? Uh, anyone you want to talk about? I put Kagetsu because I think we almost take her for granted at this point, but she's been... Her, mm. her charisma is what got her the title. Yeah, she's always doing stuff um, to kind of uh, grab attention. We kind of don't notice sometimes that she's kind of limited in the ring um, because of her injuries and stuff, but she... Yeah. Some uh, because of her charisma, she's able to kind of work around that a little bit, yeah, and keep things interesting. Um, I also wanted to give kind of a quick shout out to Miyu Yamashita from Tokyo Yoshi Pro, um, the sauce boss, yeah, for being uh, unlike the rest of the people that we kind of talked about, she's not a comedy character, but just her star power just is incredible. Um she, yeah, like I think she could be an ace in almost any promotion because of her star power. That's goes back to what I was saying earlier, where I honestly believe she might be the best ace in all of Joshi. Yeah, like if you're looking for if you're looking for charismatic in terms of someone who is cool, like this person is like the coolest person in the room. That's her. Yeah. Yeah, and she was able to like keep that company more or less stable despite losing all the people. Um, yes. So that as being the head of the company, because Maki, as amazing as she is, she's not really the wrestler that Miyu is. At least not even close. Yeah. Yeah. So like having like a super cool, really good wrestler at the top of the promotion is really valuable. And I think one more name we just have to mention, Mayu Yotani. Yeah. Because, I mean, I know this stuff doesn't always get, doesn't make tape a lot of the time, but when she was injured even, when I was over there, she was laughing and joking with the crowd and basically hosting the show. Right. She does, she must do so much stuff that we never even see on our edits, Mm -hmm. but she really is... She's so out there in terms of her personal charisma. Uh, there is only one Mayu Iwatani, and that I say that in the best possible way. Yeah, she's fantastic. Yeah. And she brings so much out of other people as well. Yeah, like she's my favorite wrestler, period. Oh, wow. I, I, won't, even, I won't even question that because it's. Me either. That's, that's such a good choice. Yeah, like. Her personality is super likable, and everything about her in ring work is basically like my ideal for like a professional wrestler. Yeah, perfect. So, but I think we're agreeing that even with all these tremendous women, Maki takes this. Yeah, this is 
This is going to be from now on the Maki Ito Award. <laughs> if someone comes along and can claim it from her, I assume that person will also be some sort of god who rules the world <laughs> within the year that transcends professional wrestling. <laughs> Can't beat Maki at charisma. It's not happening. All right. You two won. I, I think it goes without saying. Yep. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, next. Before we get into the serious stuff, we have uh, one more fun uh, category here. The biggest wish for 2019. What would you like to see in 2019 more than anything else? Uh, Tom, I think it's your turn again. Uh, I would like to see Utami Hayashishita and a bunch of other stardom people doing regular stints over in London for Eve. You selfish bastard. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and doing and doing more stuff in the US as well. Like if Stardom gets a collaboration project with one of the with a company over there, perhaps something more meaningful than whatever that Ring of Honor thing was. Ugh. Fantastic. It's just I feel like it's the point where we can really start moving like there's interest now. There is coming off the back of uh, various events and there's never been a better time to try and move into the Western market for the groups especially stardom so yeah i hope that's where this moves one uh for me i want to see somebody finally push kaho kabayashi yeah um she's someone that didn't come up a lot in this conversation in this podcast because she was injured uh, most of the year um and she also, I think she spent like the first part of the year in Mexico as well, you know, in like a three-month tour or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's always good. She's always charismatic. She's legitimately like always one of the highlights for whenever I watch a show that isn't stardom. Yeah. Um, and I think she's ready to be pushed. I think she's someone that could carry a single title somewhere. I think she could too. Um, like you say, this wasn't the best year for her. She spent a lot of time abroad, and then she got injured, unfortunately. But even the fact that you bring her up here makes me realize that I wish we we would have brought her up for underutilized because she absolutely could do a lot more than she is. Yeah, and she, like, I kind of get why she was underutilized. She's still pretty new, pretty young. Um, she's still kind of... She just went to Mexico to kind of try to expand her range a little bit. Um, so now that she's kind of done all of that and has been like a lower card wrestler for a while, I think she's ready now. If by the this time next year she hasn't been pushed, then she's totally going to run away. with. Now, you would know boss. better than me, Juan. Is she freelance? I believe so. Yeah, but she works regularly in like Oz Academy and yeah. Girl Z and, yeah, I was going to say, I see her so many places that she must be. Yeah. Um, and the second wish that I have is for Hasuki to please stop doing the shooting oh, stars. Amen. <laughs> because that is the scariest move. Like, if the best version that she could do is the Starlight. one against like, Starlight Kid, then she needs oh, to never do that again. That was that wasn't terrifying. A- that wasn't a shooting star press. That was like a botched. Yeah, I thought she was going to kill her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, she doesn't need it. I, I like the like bombs away just fine. Um, yeah. I think that's yeah, a fine top rope. There's no shame in not dying in the ring. 
learn the lesson that Billy Kidman wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Kidman. You can't do the move anymore, Billy. Stop doing the move. You keep hurting Chavo. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll go through my two real quick then. My first, far and away, is an ice ribbon streaming service because they deserve to be just as popular as uh, Stardom. They are so good. I think a lot of people saw that recently because, judging by social media, Ribbon Media 2018 got a lot of hype, which is great because it was great. <laughs> so I'm glad a lot of people saw it. But I wish people could follow it every week and it would be easy. And I, kn- I know they have the YouTube with the clips, but it's just not the same as full shows. So that's my number one. I want Ice Ribbon to stream. My number two, I also kind of like Japanese idols a bit. And I love Joshi, so when you bring the two together, you get something really good. Uh, anytime that this promotion is running, it's immediately the most popular Joshi, most popular wrestling promotion probably in the entire country. Um, AKB48 is huge. Jarena Matsui is a megastar. And just beyond that, I, I thought it was... I haven't seen it all. Uh, I've seen like every... I've seen more than half, but I haven't seen the entire run, like, front to back. But the point is, I really enjoyed what I did see. You got people like Octopus Suda. That was great. Um, yeah, she has superpowers. Yeah. <laughs> Legitimately, to- to- like, her flexibility is not human. Yeah. And then there was uh, the, the heel that painted her face, and she graduated, so she's gone. I can't think of her name. But she was really good, too. She had, like, blonde, spiky hair. Um but whatever. Uh, Tofu Pro Wrestling was so fun, and I want them to do a second season. I haven't had, I, I haven't had a chance to see any of it, so. Uh, but I know who Matsu Jirino is thanks to you. So yes. <laughs> well, no, well, I, 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 it was fun. I, I went back and watched uh, the last Wrestle Kingdom, uh, and was able to think, oh right, that's Matsu Jirino at ringside. Yeah, okay. Yep. yep. <laughs> <laughs> she does a lot with them, actually. She, well, not a lot, but she shows up pretty often, it seems like. Uh, biggest Wish doesn't feel like it needs a competitive vote, does it? <laughs> no, no. Um, <laughs> no, this is that's very personal. Yeah. <laughs> My Wish is better than yours. That's That seems wrong. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, so let's move it on to the big boy categories. Yeah. We're just going to go with all wishes are valid. <laughs> I shouldn't use the term big boy category, should I? <laughs> I don't Well, this is a show about women. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Um, so moving on to the uh, big girl categories, that feels weird too. Yeah. <laughs> we are going to get into a major one. Major, major, major. Uh, a lot of people's favorite award. Match of the year. And one, it is your turn to start. I'm kind of torn between two. And I have like a really long list, but I'm going to narrow it down to just two matches that I, at least in my mind, kind of stand above the rest. Um, one is Kagetsu versus Mayu for the World of Stardom title um, back in August. Um, mm-hmm. That's the one where Kagetsu hung mayu from the balcony yeah uh, wait that's all of them 
That's all. The, this one was the one that was particularly high, like all the way up to the ceiling. <laughs> the, the, the ceiling the, one, yeah. Yeah, yeah. At the time she did it in Corican. <laughs> yeah, as okay, opposed yeah. to all the other balconies where they they like went up to the uh, the fire exit or something. Yeah, like that match really had like something for everyone. It had like that crazy, crazy stunt. It had yeah. really like finisher kickouts, but like in a way that didn't feel gratuitous. Um, it had a lot of good like technical wrestling. Mayu busting out a lot of like her flying moves. Um, Kagetsu just being Kagetsu. Uh, just really like something for everyone. I think that's probably my my that might be my top match because of that. It just had like everything. All in yeah. one. Um, and the other match that I really, really enjoyed was Aja Khan versus Sakura uh, Shira uh, mm-hmm. for the Asa Academy title back in September. I'm not an Asa Academy fan in general. Like, I've seen, like, I try to catch them because they have a lot of big names and stuff, but yeah. generally speaking, they're not the most, I don't, think they're the most fun company um but this match was really really good it's probably the closest thing that you will ever get to seeing 90s aja kong again yes i agree um and Sheeta has so much star power uh, as well like somebody that just looks like a star and can yeah. totally hang with kong when kong is going 100 percent um plus it has the extra advantage that Asa Academy actually kind of for the really big shows goes all out with the production. Oh, yes. Um, so, like, you could put that show on pay-per-view in, like, the States, and it would it, it would look the part. Yeah, I, I, I know it's geeky to notice, but one of the first things I noticed on that show was how good the entrance ramp looked. Yeah, and they only do that for like the really big shows. Sadly, um, As Academy doesn't run that many shows; only like mm. twenty or thirty shows a year. And mm. really, they only do like one or two really big cards a year. Um, but when they do, you could tell that they, the company behind As Academy, has a lot of money. Yes, <laughs> um, and I will also add that uh, I'm 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 getting middle aged. And so I am from the era of blood, and sometimes I miss blood. And as much as it probably fucking hurt Aja, <laughs> seeing her nose explode to that V trigger was, and I don't use this word because I think it's corny, but that was epic. It was so great. I don't know. And then, and then the rest of the match, or not Aja, uh, Hikaru's white trunks slowly turn red. Uh, it was just sometimes I miss blood, and that fulfilled my need. <laughs> yeah, that's probably like the closest we're going to get for a really long time to like Aja Khan versus Bonacano. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I watched that match as well. Uh, unusually for me, I watched an Oz Academy match. I'm spreading my net a bit wider. And, Your Joshi uh, wings. Yeah, that match was great. Like every, like a couple of times a year, Aja Kong will re- just remind you yeah. what she is and how scary she can be, and mm-hmm. you know how she's still basically Joshi Vader. <laughs> it's just she is. Yeah, she it, totally. It, is. It, it's just 
it's awesome to behold. And not only that, I didn't say that to be funny, but yeah, the, and the the like you say, the explosion of her face and the subsequent <laughs> she it, it, the thing where she looks like she's stunned, but in like a uh, somebody just walked up and headbutted a wildebeest kind of way. <laughs> you know, yeah. the wildebeest is more so, it's like, ow, that hurt. And why on earth would you do that? Yeah. I know what I'm going to do. Yeah. You, you, you know you fucked up, right? You know yeah, that. Yeah. You fucked up. <laughs> I, I also, I really like the spot where uh, Sheeta charges her on the <clears throat> aforementioned ramp and Aja cuts her off with the uh, the knee and gives her just the nastiest fucking brain buster on it. It was on the ramp. It was yeah, uh, looked great. I've really come around on Sheeta recently. I I, I, I remember pre- when you first saw her, you did not like her. It's not that I didn't like her. It's just that her gear was bizarre and complicated. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I like her gear. <laughs> I, but she's changed it now. But it was like this weird, like half samurai thing. Um, but when she has more conventional gear, I'm sort of able to look past it. And I am a big fan of hers, especially. Look, when you start busting out V triggers, I'm going to start liking you. <laughs> that, that that goes that even goes for B Priestley, who's just decided Kenny Omega is now her favorite wrestler. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and started throwing them ev- throwing them ev- everywhere. But uh, yeah, she does. This is kind of sort of Yoshi related um, mm-hmm. because Shira and Asuka from Wave and sometimes some other people do this show, this series of shows called, called Makai, um, hmm. which are on Shinky by First Ring. The best way that I could describe it is halfway between theater and wrestling. I vaguely know of this, and I want to see it badly. Like, imagine... Okay, take Shinkaba First Ring. Yeah. Remove the ropes. Add a band, a rock band. Actors. And then when it's time during the play for fighting to happen... Yeah. The fighting is professional wrestling. I I vaguely... And it might have even been you on Reddit that I learned about this from, but I want to see this so badly. Yeah, they did like a marathon where they gave like, it was like 12 hours or something. Um, and they Jeez. just streamed like the entire thing and it was awesome. Like I uh, I, I didn't understand like a single word of it, sadly. Yeah. Um, because it's <laughs> all in Japanese and it's heavy on story, but it's worth kind of just sitting down and watching at least like 30 minutes of it. Um, Do you know where it's at least... Is it on YouTube somewhere? Periscope. Or Periscope. So the link might still be active. I don't know. But um, yeah, it was on Periscope. I, I totally want to see this. It reminds me of um, the time uh, I think she was still in... Uh, or No, uh, where did she just start? Ice Ribbon. Um, that weird thing. Do you remember... She and Mio Momino did that weird uh, that dance number to music, and it ended like on this stripper pole. Um, yeah, I, I vaguely remember that. Yeah, it was like this really elaborate dance routine. Not like bullshit and not stripper pole like... I mean, they were doing stripper pole moves, but not like, you know, trashy it's stuff. Closer it's closer to like, like Oero Tai's entrance, except <laughs> like way more intricate. 
Yeah. I, just, I, I love the idea Justin was about to say classy stripper pole stuff. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm just I saying. That, that... The thing is, I know that exists because there is a there's a, a society at our university based around the idea of stripper pole exercises, and yeah. I know this because when I went to the society trade fair, I watched intently. <laughs> <laughs> I am trash. <laughs> I mean, hey, I'm sure it was very pleasant. But <laughs> but it was sort of almost like a burlesque show, like Tom always talks about with Eve. I don't know. It was very cool, though, and that's what, what you're talking about reminds me of. Yeah, it was, it was similar to that. Uh, more dramatic, though. Yeah. I, I don't think it's spoiling too much to say that these two are probably my one and two as well. The Kagetsu versus Mayu and Aja versus Hikarashida. Uh, when it, I think I've discussed this before when it comes to the Kagetsu versus Mayu, but it felt like such a post-G1 match. Like, they were leaning heavily into like slaps like Tanahashi was doing and... Uh, leaning heavily into suplexes directly off those. You could see hints of Kenny. You could see no cell spots hinting Ishii. It just felt like these people had sat... Like, these massive wrestling fans sat down for a month, watched the entire G1, said, you know, our standard match is already like four and a half stars between the two of us, so let's just chuck a bit of what they're doing in as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it worked. It did. It did. It was... If, you, if you've never seen the G1, you just think it was a tremendous match. But in the context of having just had that massive month-long festival of great wrestling, this coming directly after that is just like, okay, so you love that too, and you're doing it as well. That's great. I love this. Um, I know we said we were going to cut down on the categories here, but I really think you guys should at least read out your lists because you put so much work into them. Uh, I'll go first. Okay. Um... So, kind of, Kagetsu versus Mayu, Haja versus Shida. Um, my number three was Momo versus Io 2, the one where Momo won the title. Um, yeah. I thought that was just, like, a really, really great Io Shirai-style match. Um, and Momo really, like, held her own. Um, that's really, I think, that may have been the moment where we really, like, could take notice that, yeah, Momo was going to lead this company for the rest of the year. Um, Sakusa versus Maya. I picked the, the match from Riven Mania from the last day of the year. Um, a really, really good technical match. Um, maybe the most technical match on the list that I have. Um, mm -hmm. uh, let's see. My second one was Asuka versus... Takumi from Wave back in August. Um, Asuka's still a little bit inconsistent, but I felt like that match really showed that, yeah, she could really be like an ace in a big company. Um, mm -hmm. She's like crazy athletic, obviously, and oh, yeah. that's a lot of yeah. charisma and all of that, but she just needs to kind of put it together in the ring more consistently, yes. and that was like the match that I felt she did that the best all year long. Um, my sixth match was uh, Jan versus Queen's Quest, Utami and Momo for the tag titles. Just four wrestlers keeping it simple, no crowd brawling, no 
spots on the outside, just four people wrestling in the middle of the ring, and it's really satisfying. Um, the next one is Shihiro and Dash versus Kagetsu and Hatsuki, basically just gang warfare between Oerotai and Sendai <laughs> girls, and it's awesome. <laughs> yes. Um, and like, I really hope that leads to something in 2019, um, because I think both companies could really benefit from that. Um, and the last one is Hana versus Mika um, back in April. Not a particularly like technically great match, but really memorable and really stiff. Um, yeah. Like that, I think um, like a gif of of Hana doing her mom's uh, like uh, shoot headbutt um, came from that match. Yep. Yeah. Um, just really memorable, a match that kind of stuck around in my mind from earlier in the year. That's basically my list. It's everything on there is great. <laughs> um, <laughs> my list is obvious. Uh, there's no order to this. These are all equal, but not. But yes, they're just all great. Uh, so Kagetsu versus Mayu. Uh, we could talk about that for two hours. Uh, Kong versus Shida, of course. We talked about that. That was great. Uh, another one that showed up on your list was Iwata versus Hana. Uh, that they had like a little mini feud there, uh, and it was just great because the the story, in concise terms, was just that Hana kept beating Mika, and this is when Mika had changed her name to Mika Shirahime, and I guess it just frustrated her, and she said, fuck this name. I'm going back to Mika Iwata, and that was this match here, and she finally beat Hana, and it was it was stiff as fuck, and it was just a great match. Uh, Momo versus EO2, you also had that, uh, and we shouldn't undersell the first one, which was Momo's breakout match. It was really good. Uh, after that, I am going to uh, mention Utami. The finals of the Cinderella were incredible. Or, I'm sorry, I just, that's not true. The finals <laughs> of the five-star, <laughs> the finals of the five-star were incredible. Uh, Mai versus Utami, those were great. Um, I'm going to stay on the subject of Utami and shout out Utami versus Jungle 2. Uh, the first one was obviously great. The second one was even better, as second ones tend to be. Uh, two matches. This is the first of one you mentioned before, Maya Yuhiki versus Tsukasa Fujimoto. This one was from dead-ass middle of the summer. Um, Maya Yuhiki is my latest Joshi discovery. Um, I have a thing... And it's, it's, I guess it's sort of complicated <laughs> in a way. Like, I always expect visual wrestlers. Uh, I think everyone knows what I mean by that. Um, the super attractive ones. I expect so little from them that when they're incredible, I'm even more impressed. And I think that sort of goes back to Yuzupan, where she's like a gravure. I don't know how you should say that word model um and she got the absolute fucking shit beat out of her and she gave it right back and i just loved her for it and i think that sort of ties to maya yuhiki um 
who is incredible. And uh, both of their matches were really good. Uh, I'm almost done. Um, Got to throw <laughs> in some Yo Shirai love here after those Momo matches. Uh, there's some Mako matches. The first was a singles match uh, in April with Mako. Io and Mako, very, very good. And I thought even better was a three-way match um, in June, right before Io left for the States, that was Io versus Mako versus Lady Godzilla, Hiroyo Matsumoto, off of the Kenta Kobashi Produce show, um, Fortune Dream 5. Those were both so good. And lastly, I lied earlier, my match of the year is Misaki Ohada, Versus Arisa Nakajima from Valentine Wave. Just incredible. Um, to me, it was, you know, pretty much the perfect match. I would give it five stars if we do that sort of thing around here. Uh, the, the match earlier in the year was good. Uh, the tag match we talked about a little before uh, with Avid Rival versus Best Friends was really good. But this match between Ohada and Nakajima was just perfect, and you can ask Tom, I turned into a gigantic Misaki Ohada fanboy for the rest of the year based off the back of that, and that is my pick for match of the year. You, you know what's so relieving about these two lists from, you know, you guys who watch a lot more than I do, is how many of these matches I've actually seen. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, yeah, I, I know this. <laughs> I was looking at these lists and I was just thinking, oh god, how much stuff do I need to watch to catch up with these guys before we do this episode? And I was like, I've seen that. I've seen that. I've seen that. Oh, cool. Yeah. Wait, I don't, I don't watch that promotion, but I've seen that one match. You know. Yeah. For the most part, it's... the big matches tend to get around. Yeah, yeah. Um, I kind of th- I know I'm like the sole guy. I preferred Momo versus EO one. Mm. Based purely on the 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 stiff shots and the fact that Io was amazing at selling it like her teeth had been knocked out. It would have been nice if they included the after match promo with Mayu crying in the ring. Mm. Yeah. Um. But thanks to these lists, I have actually checked out uh, Yuhiki versus uh, Fujimoto from uh, the August show. That was really good. There's a the Code Red crucifix blew my mind. <laughs> <laughs> That was amazing. But yes. It was a really, a really fantastic match as well. That shoots right up into like my uh, what what would probably be my top three yeah. in this. Yeah. And uh, whilst I wasn't able to fi- uh, get a hold of Ohata, Ohata versus Nakajima from Valentine Wave because I don't have Wave subscription at the moment, I was able to check out their seedling bout from a, a, exactly a month earlier. Yeah, the one before and, it. Yeah. And that was so good. And I I I I get the Ohata thing now. Yes. You've been it, talking about it all year. I, it's so tragic that I find my new favorite Joshi wrestler, my first post-Hanakamura ruining her gimmick, favorite Joshi wrestler, and then she gets married and retires. What the... God damn it. <laughs> she saw you coming. Yeah, she, she ran the other way. But So, okay, each of... I said my match of the year is... Uh, Ohara Nakajima Valentine Wave. What is number one for each of you? Uh, I guess uh, Kagetsu versus Mayu. I think just style-wise is a little bit more up my alley um, for what mm-hmm. I like in wrestling. But honestly, it's like a toss-up between that one and Aja versus Shira. They're both incredible. If I was... 
I had the advantage of really liking Kiyotsu and Mayu going in, into the uh, August match. Yeah. And I think that's what puts it over at the top for me. Yeah, that match, um, I would agree, is the best match from stardom all year. Agreed. Okay, okay. Um, I, I, I didn't get thoughts from you, Juan. And I'm wondering, did you see the Ohata Nakajima series? No, I didn't get a chance to. Damn it, I'm alone. Yeah, I saw very little um, wave this year. Ah, I'm alone. (laughs) All right, so the next category we're going to do here is uh, promotion of the year. Uh, I think I'm starting on this one. That is going to be, obviously, uh, for me at least, it's obvious. uh, It's going to be stardom. There's just a million shows. It's always entertaining. Even the shows that look sort of weak on paper are still super entertaining. It's uh, just a great product. Number two, I'm going to give it to TJPW just because when I first got back into Joshi at the beginning of 2017, uh, TJPW was pretty much treated like a complete fucking joke. And they are no longer treated that way. They're obviously more of an idol promotion. Uh, they're not going to be the ring promotion like a lot of others are, but they, people love them and they came from the absolute bottom to get there. Um, and number three is ice ribbon. I've discussed enough there how much I love ice ribbon. All right. How about you guys? For me? Yeah, I agree. It's stardom. Like the volume of shows and the quality of shows. I don't think there's anyone that matches them at the moment. Um, maybe Ice Ribbon when it comes to the volume of shows, but a lot of Ice Ribbon shows are like tiny um, one or two match cards, um, dojo shows and such. Um, Stardom mm-hmm. is really like the only full promotion that does like a full time schedule in Yoshi, I believe, at the moment. Um, like Sendai Girls, Marvelous, Oz Academy, they all run a lot less shows. Wave, yeah. Yeah. Um, Wave actually does run more than the others. I think they ran something like 50 shows this year. Um, That's surprising. Yeah. I didn't realize that. Yeah, but not. Uh, but it still doesn't match like the almost 80 shows that Stardom is right. <laughs> <laughs> um, But yeah, but when it comes to like volume and, and quality, I think Stardom runs away with it. Um, my second choice is Marvelous because it's such a unique product with like the entrances and the lights and the bubbles and stuff like that. And also, it's a work rate promotion. Um, it, they kind of have a nice balance, a nice unique balance between being like a work rate promotion that cares about like um, entertainment but aren't an idol promotion. So they kind of have like a really unique niche. And Plus, they, uh, they have Mio Momono. Yeah, totally. Uh, she's the future. <laughs> Um, she is the only reason why I don't I wouldn't put them above stardom is because they don't run enough shows they only run like 20 something shows and I don't feel like that's enough for promotion of the year Mm -hmm. Um, and my third choice is Ice Ribbon and they probably aren't higher because I don't get to see them that often I think I ended up seeing maybe like five Ice Ribbon shows in 2018 Mm-hmm. Um, and most of those were like smaller shows. I, uh, Ribbon Mania, I think, may have been like the only really big card that I got to see from them this year. 
Did you see the uh, the Reese uh, Sarah exploding bat match? Uh, no, I didn't. I only saw like uh, gifs and stuff so, of it. Um, so yeah, hopefully I get to see more of them in 2019. Um, they're really close to Stardom style wise. Like people that haven't yes. been able to check out Ice Ribbon, if you're a fan of Stardom, that's a good place to jump to. Um, they have a lot of the same formula. Um, just kind of a, like on a lower budget, but basically the same formula. So yeah, those are my picks. Thomas. Yeah, <clears throat> certainly the the one match I've seen in Ice Ribbon, I was immediately taken aback by. Hey, this feels like a pretty familiar. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I, I'm I'm definitely interested in checking more of them out. I mean, nobody's going to be remotely surprised by my choice here. It's Stardom. Yeah. Uh, even if I well, even if I was as widely read as you guys, apparently I would still be picking Stardom. So, <laughs> um, my list is basically organised by the promotions I saw in terms of volume. So, <laughs> it's Stardom, and then it's Sendai Girls because I saw a good, a good, a decent amount of their shows this year, mm-hmm. and then it's Tokyo Joshi Pro because I had the chance to see them live and really enjoyed them, and they've got, they've got some really fun talent so yeah uh yeah but two and three the order is immaterial because stardom takes it yeah it's it's uh i think our consensus here is stardom okay so (laughs) moving on to another pretty big category the best show of the year um I'm losing track at this point of who's starting, so... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> well, let, let me start on this one just because I'm going to say I'm terrible at these kind of categories. Okay. Um, especially when it comes to stuff like judging stardom, because they release their matches individually. And yeah. so shows kind of flow together sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I could say, oh, this this was a nice Corican show or stuff like that, but it's it's actually quite difficult for me to judge like entire shows by their value because I mean, it's not often I sit down and watch a two hour block of Joshi. Mm. So uh, my thinking on this was kind of following your suggestions a little bit and going back and looking at a few dominant cards like EO's retirement cards and stuff like Mm. that. And just thinking, yeah, I think stardom nine, nine probably was the best show. Yeah. That was that was really good. That was a good shout out though with uh, EO's retirement show too. That's that's probably the most memorable show of the year. Yeah. Um, Juan. Yeah, that's my pick as well for sure of the, of the year. Um, I prefer Stardom shows in Shinkaba first ring. So do I. Over over the current and call cards, just because I think I think the atmosphere is a little bit better on video. Me too. Um, and that card is just ridiculously stacked like the lineup the lineup the stars aligned perfectly for that lineup um like sumeri i believe had another opponent on that show that pulled out i think it was saki it was that was the Um, the day before was when momo beat the shit out of her yeah so we impromptu got like a lot of comedy with sumeri was cut which kind of shows how brilliant she is she is with hanan and Referee Barb, yeah, <laughs> um, which, which is like low key actually, maybe the feud of, of the year, um, <laughs> summary versus Barb. But yeah, and the rest of the card was great too. It had like Tam versus Tora, the hockey fight. Um, 
Yeah, and Kiona versus Utami too, mm. and Momo versus Atsuki. Mm. Just great top to bottom. Like if I had to show someone a stardom show, that would be the one I would pick. Yeah, it's got a tremendous mix of all the sorts of things, and I and the Hanan versus versus uh, Natsu thing was always very funny. Yeah, and I, I'm enjoying how much Hanan and her sisters are like echoing that going forward, like that that rapid pace, like oh shit, there might get a win here style thing yeah. was yeah. almost started <laughs> from the Samira from this match. One of the almost. days they one, one day they are going to win. Yeah, one, yeah, they're well, gonna one... mug their opponents three on one. <laughs> Look, one day somebody's gonna get put in that like double arm bar figure four, and no one's gonna be there to save them. <laughs> yes. Yeah, my second kind of show of the year was Sendai Girls back in April nineteenth. Mm. Um, I forgot that that show had so many great matches on it. Um, Hana versus Mika came from that show. Yeah. There was an Eo versus Mako match in that show, and Shihiro versus Ayako Hamada um, for the Sendai Girls title. Yes, I believe was in that card as well. Um, just super stacked. Yeah. Um, I don't know if there was another card, another like pure work rate card that could really match it this year. Yeah, that was all three of those matches were really good too. That was when Aya, uh, Hamada Ayako was at her hottest right before her fall she was really good at that period um yeah and and that and that hannah versus mika match i know you meant you guys mentioned it in the best match of the year thing but that was that was when i was starting to get into sendai girls properly as watching trying to watch shows regularly and that match was awesome yes just it really hooked me into that card and it was a card I was already kindly disposed to because it was going to have Io versus Mako on it. So That was that was the match that got me because I love Mika Iwata and it's because of that match. Mm. She takes no shit. It's great. <laughs> um, <laughs> as was shown by uh, Juan talked earlier about Oedo Tai invading and Mika was the first to stand up for their honor when it came down to it. She's like the closest pure baby face Sendai Girls has. Uh, she's just always there to defend justice, yeah. I guess, to put it in a, in a way. Yeah, no, totally. Um, my show of the year is, uh, well, the two I put down was also Stardom 99. Uh, we discussed that. And I would also throw out making it just by the skin of its teeth on the final day of the year, Ribbon Mania 2018. Uh, talked about it before, it got a lot of buzz, and it was justified. It was a really good show. Um, that's all I got. Uh, so what do we got for a consensus? We're all going 9-9? Well, I haven't seen Ribbon Mania, so I'm, guess, I'm, I'm guessing I will have to now. You have to now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I will go start on nine nine. Okay, that's fine. Yeah. Okay. Drum roll. That brings us into most outstanding slash wrestler of the year. We're combining the two categories here, and away we go. Uh, Juan, you're the guest. You want to start us off? Yeah, I think the top pick is obvious. Um. It has to be Mama Watanabe. Yeah, I think so too. Um, no one carried like no one carried as many many main events this year as she did. Um, from the 
elimination match in January to the Cinderella tournament to both Io Shirai when they were starting title challenges. Um, the tag league was basically mostly about like Utami and Momo. Uh, the I think she has like nine um, when they were starting title defenses as well. Just all year long, it's been about Momo, and she's done a great job. She has. I I will never get with the criticism of her. I she's my favorite wrestler right now. And and there's a category that we skipped, which was um due to time, uh, which was the most improved wrestler. She would probably run away with that as well. When you think back, like on January first, twenty eighteen, she was like a mid Carter eighteen year old that was coming back from knee injury. Yeah, and she she was the the thing I remember most from that was she got caught up running her mouth and challenged Oa to tie to fight her like five on one or something. <laughs> yeah, like the fact that that like that much of a question mark and then by the end of the year she's basically by the undisputed ace of yoshi yeah um it's it's really something yeah momo is very high on my list as well just uh consistently the best regular champion in joshi i i think there's i think i do have other candidates as far as the best overall wrestler in 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 joshi but she's the best champion in terms of like just sheer output. Yep. And kind of my second pick would be Miyu from um, Tokyo Yoshi Pro. Just because she doesn't have as much to work with as other like top wrestlers. Yes. Do. Um, like her supporting cast is really, at best, is not quite as good as the other companies. Mm-hmm. Plus, in 2018, they lost a bunch of people and she still managed to have a pretty good year. Yeah, we, we didn't talk a ton about her matches, but the match versus Re- Reika to start the year was great. The match versus Yu was great. The match versus uh, Rika, what, uh, Tatsumi was great. Yeah, like I, I legitimately cannot wait for her to face Natsumi Maki one-on-one for the, for the title. Yeah. Um, I think that's going to be like a really good match. Um, kind of other people that should be mentioned. Um, Mayu Watani is always amazing. Mm-hmm. Um she might be the best wrestler in smaller shows um, because she always gives like a hundred percent. She will. She's always in. She will take a neck bump in front of 20 people. Totally. <laughs> um, yeah. Like she's always consistently amazing and mind blowing, even in the smaller shows. Um, yeah. Takumi had a really good year. I feel like um, both in Marvelous and kind of outside of Marvelous with, like the match with Mayu and the match with Asuka and her work in like um, Sendai Girls as well. Like she's she was consistently pretty good Neutral. all year long. And maybe the best wrestler that I don't think we've really mentioned in the podcast, which is Shihiro Hashimoto. Yes. Um, she's a human tank. <laughs> she is legitimately scary at times yeah. uh, with her strength and her kind of explosiveness um she doesn't get a chance to really show what she's got often though um partly because of the sendai girl schedule if she's not the champion defending the title 
and she might be in like a throwaway tag match yeah. in the middle of the show and that doesn't really highlight what she's really good at but she's really really great always i agree um yeah those are my picks i would just say with chihiro um and great great picks um with chihiro her strength is so incredible she reminds me of a female cesaro where it's just like that raw farmer power. <laughs> she she will like effortlessly just throw people like into outer space. Yeah, she's ridiculously strong. Um, and secondly, uh, I believe Tom got to see her live this year, and it's another reason I hate him. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I saw her. I met her. I'm a big fan of her. I was before I saw her and met her. But yeah, she's so nice in person like so many of the the sendai girls people are and so unique it feels like yeah whilst at the same time being quintessentially sendai girls she feels like somebody who would work who is in the promotion best suited to her absolutely um but she is such an incredible specimen of just power and also just consistency she works she just has good matches um, really, really fun title defenses. I mean, the the uh the defense where she lost the belt, uh, her trail to get it back. Uh, I watched a lot of that stuff, and I just, despite the fact that she's basically a tiny Lesnar, you can't <laughs> help but root for her. <laughs> um, oh, uh, who else have we got on these? I I feel like it would be remiss if me and Justin didn't to talk about Jungle Kiona. Yeah. Who is kind of bo- both of our talismanic favorite wrestler yeah, in a lot of ways. She does, she puts so much effort in every time. She is one of the best when it comes to connecting the story of her matches to the crowd. Yeah, and she's done so much to elevate uh, Utami this year. She more than, more than anyone. Yeah, she a lot of making Utami came down to her. I always call her the female Ishii in the sense that she's never given the top belt, but she might be the most consistently great wrestler in Joshi, frankly. She's never had a bad match. She 100% convincing. Yeah, she takes rookies and has great matches. I saw her debut... um... From 2015, which is not on Stardom World, mm. um, they have it as a part of the like best of 2015 DVD that they sell. Uh-huh. It's fascinating because on one level you could tell she's really green because that's like some stuff with her taunting that she doesn't quite get um, timing wise. Right. Uh, like she taunts way too much in the match, <laughs> but she somehow on her first day, managed to get Corinthian Hall to chant her name in unison. That's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> and the match was against Momo Watanabe, um, back when Momo had like the white gear with the green she, and the baseball I was going to say, when she was like a baseball player. Yeah. Um, and Momo was really good in the match too, but it's like ridiculous to think that I, if I remember correctly, Kiona came back from Africa in like July. She found stardom, I believe, sometime around there and debuted sometime around November, I think, is her first match. Mm-hmm. Holy 
Like, <laughs> <laughs> and she was already amazing. She's didn't quite have the look that Utami has. Right. Like Utami came out, uh, debuted like a look. She looked like a main event superstar. Yeah. Um, Kiona didn't have that. Kiona had like a really, really possibly the worst gear in Yoshi history. Yeah, I I've seen plenty of pictures of this. <laughs> yeah, with like the jungle girl look with the giant mallets. Yeah, and wearing like a wreath on her head or something. I don't. Yeah. Um. But basically, skills wise, she just got it from day one. Like she legitimately, I think, has never had a bad. Match. I would completely agree. Um. I I just think she is day to day. She might not have the peak of my Iwatani sometimes has, but consistently, just like Ishii, consistently she is the best thing in Joshi. Yeah, and she is also really good on the mic. Yeah, like she could like she she doesn't get the title. I think people think that she's kind of a little bit on the push because she doesn't get the title. Yeah. Um, the singles win, the big singles win. She's always the underdog that loses. But she's always involved. Her and Tora were basically like tag team or trios champion for like a big chunk of the year. Yeah. And when she wasn't a champion, she was still like involved in feuds throughout the year. They use her a lot, actually. Yeah. I mean, Rossi, after eo and uh Kyrie had left and everyone was asking about the future rossi named her as one of the four pillars it was uh mayu kagetsu momo and jungle and that was yeah. immediately reflected in the formation of her own stable yeah she reminds me of 1992 bret hart and that she's always out there always doing like the best job even if there are like bigger stars yeah she's always going to be like the fan favorite because she is always always that's great. that's a deceptively good <laughs> comparison you just gave there <laughs> yeah, yeah that, that's that's dead on yeah it really was um i guess there's two more names i see here uh i'm gonna make sure one of them goes last though so first i'm gonna say misaki ohada i've already talked about how she was my favorite wrestler, or my favorite discovery, at least, of 2018. Um, and she retired this year, so good on her. I hope she has a good life. She was incredible this year. Uh, even even the matches that weren't somehow against Arisa uh, Nakajiba. She had really good matches with... I'm trying to remember the Catch the Wave tournament. Uh, there was like, uh, wasn't there one against Rena? Maybe against Hikaru, Mio, Mio Momono. Uh, um, she just always was good, and it's just a shame that as she finally starts to really, really break out as a star, that's when she retires. It's kind of a shame to me. You've been talking about her all year, and uh, <laughs> like I say, I, I finally get it. Somewhat because I've now seen one match. Yeah, I, I will see more, but uh, yeah. And uh, I think this is the last name you wanted to go with for obvious reasons. I think it's appropriate. I think it's the only person who could, could really compete with the Momo choice, and the only way you could compete with Momo is going hard left in a different direction. Mako Sadamura. I'm just going to break down her year for you a minute. Uh, so the matches with. 
Io Shirai, a series of great matches with Io Shirai. Yeah. Matches with Tony Storm on multiple continents, three continents actually. And just to interject, Io Shirai could easily be in this list as well. Yes. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Actually, I think she. Uh, yeah, I had her on my most out, had her on my most outstanding before we combined the categories. Uh-huh. Uh Io had a fantastic six months, but yeah. Um, Mako also had matches with Rika Saiki and Tokyo Doshi Pro, uh, Chihiro Hashimoto. She was KOD Openweight Champion for DDT. Yeah. Uh, she had that that ser- that that feud with Maki Ito that yeah. resulted in Maki Ito just crying because she got paid a compliment, which is still amazing to me. She is the current defending Fight Club Pro Champion in the UK. Yeah. She wrestled Pete Dunne at the NEC, the national uh, national entertainment you know complex thing in Birmingham. Pete Dunne, when he was current UK WWE champion, faced Mako Satomura. Yeah. Um, she was by far the best performer in the Mae Young Classic too. Like the most outstanding, the person that made people stand up and say, "Holy shit, there's really good wrestling in Japan." Yeah. Um. It made people that don't give a shit about Joshi or Western women's wrestling go, wow. <laughs> yeah. We can make a strong case that the Mako versus Mercedes match yeah. might have been the best WWE match last year. Yeah, it was. Yeah, that's that's a really good point. Yeah. I, if you want to talk about it as an ambassador for Joshi, she, she's been incredible this year. Uh, and if you want to talk about like people from niche communities within wrestling having breakout years where people now know them and think they're some of the best in the world, mm. you should be talking about Walter and we should be talking about Mako Satomura. Yeah, absolutely. What she's, what she's done this year is incredible. Yeah, her, her year, even though it, it, it wasn't, there weren't a lot of actual Joshi main events. Like in Japan, main events. She yeah, did have yeah. she did have the big matches with Io, and I guess Reika, and uh, the matches with Chihiro. She had them, but they weren't as good as before. Um, but Mako's year was so special for what she did outside of Japan. She she got over anywhere she went, and she got over huge. And she had people from WWE fans to internet fans to british wrestling fans to anywhere she went everybody respected how good she was she's kind of the opposite to me at least the opposite side of the coin of nanae um in that they're both incredible like veterans with like all-time great resumes um in the ring but Mako understands that she's already a legend and doesn't need to carry a company necessarily. Right. Um, she could just be like an ambassador. Nanae, I think, still needs to, or at least feels like she needs to be like the top dog with the title. Yeah. She's always been that way, though. She's always been that way, and it's kind of sad because she doesn't have to be. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things we talked about with Mako this year is the fact that. It's rare to see her in the title position for her own company. She doesn't ha- seem to have that ego about her work. And that's one of the reasons why she's been so successful going internationally. It's like she has she has 
within Joshi, a very unique position where she can just drop into any promotion yeah. and the young upcoming talent can wrestle her and lose and gain hugely from it. Yeah. Like Yeah, she had like a great match with like Manami, um, one of the Sendai girls rookies <laughs> earlier this year. <laughs> um and it was just like an opening match, um uh, opening card match, but um it was like really good and yeah, like I'm sure that's something that made Manami better. I'm sure it did. Um yeah, a lot, the way you described it, Juan, made me think of sort of the Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels coin, um, with Mako being, I mean, Bret Hart's kind of ruined his reputation in his old age, but Bret <laughs> being the more traditional, self-composed person, and Nane being the fragile ego type of person, whereas they're both amazing but they have very different ways that they present themselves to the audience. They think about wrestling in some ways in the same way, but also in some like fundamentally different ways. Yeah. It also helps that um, Mako is just absolutely lovely. Yeah. I, I was thinking that a second ago is we should also mention if you follow her on social media, she seems like the sweetest person on the planet. She's so nice. Yeah, it's it's just such a pleasure to meet her. Yeah, and what? Yeah, one of my favorite. Yeah, I met her in uh, New Orleans this year, and she was amazing. One of my yeah. favorite gifts of the year, and God knows, Joshi pres- gives you about twenty amazing gifts every week. Is Mako at some award ceremony from the summer? I even used it to uh, promote an episode of Joshi Joshi once, because we always post a, a, a GIF with the uh, episode. Uh, was when she just did uh, that little twirl towards the camera. Do you remember that? I think yeah. I do. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It was just I don't know. She's just such a great. She, or I mean, I don't I don't know her at all, but she seems like such a great person. <laughs> so. With that, I think it comes down to there's not going to be yet. There's no losers in this category. I don't think no. there's so many fantastically talented people. Yeah. Um, how do you guys want to do this? Uh, I'm almost a pick. I'm almost the top. I'll uh, I'll go Momo. I have no objection to Momo. Yeah, Mako had an incredible year, uh, groundbreaking in a lot of ways. But Momo emerged as the new ace of the Joshi universe. So I got to go with her. Agreed. Absolutely. All right. So that brings us to the end. Uh, If you made it this far, thank you. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Before we go, does anybody uh, have anything they want to plug? Uh, I have a blog that is like, I'm just starting um, to work on. Yeah. It's called um, TopRobeChronicles.com. Um, check it out. I basically just review random matches that I happen to be watching at any point in time. Awesome. Awesome. And of course, Juan also uh, moderates slash runs the Stardom Joshi subreddit, which is probably outside of you know like Twitter. It's probably the biggest community of Joshi fans on the internet at the moment so that's also a cool place too 
Uh, Tom? I was going to say one throughout your Twitter handle. Oh, uh, it's at Faded Endless, all, all one word. Always useful. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, well, I'm, I'm definitely going to be checking out the, uh, the Reddit uh, groups that you run. I'm not, not a big Reddit guy. But it's really amazing how little information I managed to accrue in any given day. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I'll uh, I'll definitely give those a look, especially for some of that historical content you've been talking about. I'm super interested. So uh, yeah, uh, I am confusingly on Twitter under rabidstavros77. Same for my Instagram, which usually has pictures posted to aid my terrible memory when it comes to oh, it reminded me. Oh yeah, I was at that show. <laughs> um, so if you want to see me standing alongside a bunch of uh, slightly confused, uncomfortable Japanese women, fine. <laughs> um, aside from that, oh, I have another podcast, don't I? Oh, God. You do? Uh, it's Cure for the Con podcast. It's a review or review retrospective, whatever, of 1997 Raws, Shotguns, Thursday Raw Thursdays special British pay-per-views, the whole kit and caboodle. So if you're up for something that you really need to... If you want to listen to something that's going to numb you for a really, really long <laughs> surgery, that's probably that's probably a good choice. Yeah. Uh, you know, brain surgery, ideally, so then you're better equipped to deal with it. <laughs> uh, I think that's everything. Justin, do we have anything else to plug? I don't think so. Uh, my Twitter is coffee yay because uh, that's what i came up with one day <laughs> uh yeah i don't really post much of anything but i'm there um so i will just reiterate to go check out topropechronicles.com and then go listen to cure for the common podcast and with that i think this episode is done so thank you for joining us juan no problem. Yeah, it's been fantastic. Thanks, man. Absolutely has. You bring a lot of uh, knowledge to the show that we don't have. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, as always, thank you, Tom, for joining me. No, you're quite welcome. All right. And we will see you guys again next episode. Bye. Bye. Bye.